0: What's up y'all welcome to another episode of worldly church girl it's your girl your host lillian harshaw on today's show i have the honor and privilege to introduce to you an author a singer a songwriter she was also nominated for a dove and a Stella award and she received grammy recognition she is the bomb do y'all hear me it gives me honor to introduce to you, Miss Lisa McClendon. So you were born in a small town in Florida. You are the quote-unquote PK. You began singing in church at 12 years old. And then you put out an album with Epic Records uh, alongside with Integrity Gospel titled Soul Music. And you received a Dove and Stellar Award nomination. And you also received recognition with the Grammy Awards. You're an author, a life coach for, for children, and you're an inspirational speaker. But I want to start with your foundation when you were singing in church. Do you remember the first song you sang?
1: I think that song... Um... Jesus loves me, this I know. But the 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 one I remember is the newer version, the solo version. Jesus loves me, this I know. Not the one. Jesus loves me. That's mm-hmm. the version. When the church girls always be running and everything, that's the one I remember seeing. I remember when I got home, my mama told me everything I did wrong, I was like, really perfectionist. You did too much. You shouldn't have been doing all that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that, that's my mother. My mother was like our singing coach growing up. Or she would say, You do all this at home, when you get in church, you get scared. So she's to be yeah, she's kinda of be a little bit hard on me.
0: So I was gonna ask you who's your uh who's the singer in your family? So I'm gonna take it it was your mother.
1: Hey, everybody. My mom sings, all my brothers and sisters sing. My brother, my youngest brother plays almost every instrument. My brother under me plays drums. My sister sings. My dad doesn't sing, but he plays every instrument. Like the the standard guitar, bass, keys, drums. So when we were growing up, we had a group called the People's Family. So we used to sing in church as kids with our parents playing, just like the Jackson 5.
0: What was your um, most fondest memory of that?
1: I, at that time, even though I loved singing, I would rather been I would have rather been outside playing, just because mm-hmm. I was a kid and I wanted to go outside and play. Mom's like, "Come in, it's time to practice," and we were like, "Oh man!" So I don't remember. I mean, I remember growing up later on and just loving music and singing, but at that time, during our family group, you no, know, we wanted to, we wanted to go outside and play. Yeah, my mama just she just knew that we had gifts and she was trying to, you know, push it, but we, we weren't really ready for that. She planted the seed, so that was a good thing. She planted.
0: That's yeah. one of those um, PK things. You don't get to do like all the other kids.
1: You don't get to hell have fun. <laughs> no, no. you're just like, oh my god, can we just go play like kids? But yeah, it, it like it, we didn't appreciate it then, and we I mean when and rightfully so, we were kids. But that right. definitely was a seed planted. So. When it came back around, as I got older, I loved it because it was that seed, was like I said was already planted. Yes. Now your
0: voice has been compared to Nora Jones and Lauren Hill. I mean, good lord, which <laughs> is true. I mean, you have a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Now, what three words would you describe your voice as? Your sound as?
1: Um, I think I have a rich a rich sound. So um, my voice is over the years. I've got my pitch has gotten higher. My pitch. But um my I, I really sing in the Lower Registry, so it's a warmer sound. I think it's soothing. Um, and I say that I I hate people say, I gotta say the most humble way well, I am humble. Well, I don't have to say that, but I I I can sing to myself and the right song I can find comfort. And that's that's big because I hear a lot of singers say stuff like, I don't like hearing me sing. You know, I used to say that, but I used to then I started thinking, Well, wait a minute. If you don't like hearing you sing why would other people like this? I know that coming from, but I think we've just been raised and taught to just be so modest. But my thing is, I just feel like if I don't own what God has given me, I, I feel like it's an insult. Like I don't feel like God gets any glory from that. I, I just think it's false humility. And so for me, I do see the I see the um beauty in the voice that God has given me. I see the rich, I hear the richness, I hear the soothingness. And I know there's I know there's a, a, an anointing and a gift to touch people. And I don't I don't try to hide that to make other people feel comfortable. I just that's just to me, that's fake. If they do try to
0: teach you not to say thank you when someone gives you a compliment. Oh, no. why,
1: why can I say thank you? I, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> just as I've gotten older, I'll be 45 at the end of this year. As I've gotten older, I think a lot more and I process things that I, were taught, I was taught and I, I've had to relearn a lot of stuff in the last three years. And one of the things that came to me one day was like, you know what? Um, <laughs> I was like, people would teach us, and they, I know they meant well, I would teach us about, you know, make sure you give God the glory as if God was going to be somehow, as, as somehow as if God is inferior. And, yeah. I, and I had to get older to think okay, this is God. <laughs> like, yes. I don't think God feels threatened that I tell somebody thank you and they give me a compliment. Like, you make sure you give out the glory to God. Like, ooh. And I just, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of I chuckle that it because it's it's asinine. It, like, it really is ridiculous. But I know we meant well. It was meant well when it was said. But when you really think about it and you really put God in, in God's proper place, which is everything, all thing, everywhere, all times, you're like that's really ridiculous. That's how men think. Yes. Men feel threatened when you when they feel like they've helped you and you don't come back and say thank you, even though you are thankful. Men feel that way, but I don't. I don't. I don't have that kind of relationship with God. I just yes. believe when I tell you thank you, I believe God is still pleased. Yes. I don't have to say I glory to God. That's when I open my mouth, glory was going to God. So.
0: Yes. So why can't it be when I said thank you, I'm saying thank you to you and to God. Bing me me <laughs> how did you come up with your style of singing because it's not the traditional church singing if you will it's bluesier it's jazzier it's I mean to me it's dope it's all get out but not you know <laughs> you're welcome but some people will take it as you know well that's not traditional gospel music I don't Ooh. I don't hear no uh organ in the background I don't hear the bass mm-hmm. in the background. I don't hear the drummers and the tambourine. So I I ain't feeling it. How did you come up with your style? <laughs>
1: um, I think it just, I think it chose me. Um, I was raised, yeah, I was raised in the church and my dad still is a pastor actually. But um, my mother was raised in the church, but differently. So she wasn't in the traditional Pentecostal strict, strict, strict church. She was raised in the Baptist church. So they have a little more freedom. So I had a lot of balance in my house. Um, and so I grew up listening to jazz, like my parents would go on trips and they would bring me back artists that people in church really don't listen to. And my mother would always, her rule for me was, um, you know, be careful what you listen to. Cause back then, you know, stuff come as subliminal messages. Now they need subliminal stuff. Kids here on the radio is just right in your face. But growing up, It was stuff that was said. And we, as a kid, I didn't really know what they meant, but my mom did. So she would just say, be careful what you listening to. Um, and then she would always tell me, Don't fall asleep with the radio on. And she would say that because sometimes back in the day radio stations would switch. You would go to sleep, listening to a jazz station and wake up and it's something totally different. Mm-hmm. And so she always told me this to make sure I didn't fall asleep. So if something changed in the night, it wouldn't be something that would just settle in my spirit. So my mom was really laid back. So I grew up listening to Ella. Uh, I I I listened to a lot of um a lot of I used to watch a lot of um black and white movies with musical musicals a lot I of music- too. oh my, my girl i love <laughs> i love musicals um i also i listen to a lot of a lot of quartet music because my dad yes quartet mm-hmm. and really if you think about quartet music we try to we try to add, like quartet is our traditional but that was jamming like yes it was like the, the bass line? Yes it was. Was awesome. oh,
0: yes, it was.
1: That was bumping. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And the gospel keynotes, the soul stirrers. Yes. brothers. Like, that is what I grew up on. All those sounds. It's like, if anybody said, you know, it's not church, i then y'all obviously didn't listen to quartet music because... Quartet music ain't nothing but soul music. Or soul music ain't nothing but quartet music. Yeah, same. it wasn't nothing but the blues. It wasn't nothing but, the, oh, and that's where the blues come from. Most blues singers and players and stuff came out of the church. Yes. Um, just, to me, it was just the dopest genre of music. And I don't even hear much of about it, or much of quartets anymore. Not the way we grew up, but I no. love, oh, my God, quartet. So that that's where a lot of the stuff that that came up from, like I say, and I, listen, I just listened to a lot of jazz um, a lot of just instrumental jazz and I, I really took a like in the jazz and it just came out, um, in my music as I got older.
0: I'm so glad to hear you say that you love those black and white movies because not too many people in our age group was on that, but I would mm-hmm. be glued mm-hmm. to the TV with Fred I Astaire to-
1: and Ginger Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I used to love mm-hmm. all that. My mama used to come in the room and she'd be like, why are you not outside with the kids? I was under, in her room under the covers with the lights off on a Saturday, girl on a Saturday watching, um, Dorothy Dandridge, you yes. know, the movie, her, Harry Belafonte. Um, I, I love when February would come and they would have the black history, black and white movie month. Yes. And I was all the, I didn't know Pearl Bailey acted and all these people. And I would watch these black and white movies with people of color. Yeah. And it would be so over, you know, just amazing. I, again, I love Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. I loved, um, Danny Kaye. Uh, yes. Crown and uh, just uh, I just loved all that stuff and just to see them dance. I I just loved it and I love I love the car the costumes more. What intrigued me was the costumes. Yes, that's style. School. I went to school for fashion design because of that. Oh, so really? I went, school, I went to school for fashion design. I'm in I'm in school again now for psychology, but I went to school originally for fashion design because of black and white movies. I wanted to recreate glamour clothes. I love yes. The Mm-hmm. that, was that like old Hollywood style was so oh,
0: dope I'm, yeah. like, I, I'm like those times for us wasn't good I said but those clothes were just so just clean I'm like they would be going to walk down to the park and they would just be sharp for no doggone mm-hmm. reason
1: <laughs> My, what? in the house, they? They yeah. in house? those yeah. glamorous with the fur on the wrist and the, yeah. the love oh my god just love i'm, I'm gonna yeah anyway i love it, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: your daughter diamond she recently directed your music video brilliant uh, yes. <laughs> how did that come about and you know it, she gave it kind of an erica badu flair to it too but how did that come about
1: well i had i had something to do with it too oh, okay had, she she did more she um filmed it she filmed okay. it and um and then we kind of um I just, you know, I, we we talked about the vision together. We we did sit down together and come up with the, the with the locations and shots, and we talked through it together, like hand shots, head shots, with you know that kind of stuff. Um, but I did, I guided her through it because she had started doing a lot of video videos, and I said, "Well, Diamond, would you be interested in doing my video?" And she was like, "Sure." And until we started working, and she was like, "We doing this all day?" I said, "Yeah, this is an all day thing." But. <laughs> Break in between, went home and got something to eat and, and chill, and then we went back out and we finished up. Uh, but I was really, really, really proud of her. But um, no, she shot everything. She um kept her eyes. She was just really, really attentive. And um uh, and then we just kind of did the editing process together. But it was just I always been one. I've been really always been one involved. My mom was like that too, just to keep our kids involved when we would find that they're good at something. We try mm-hmm. to find ways to uh, have them exercise that gift, um, and I know I just get I get that from my mom, and so I was just trying to pull something out of her. She's still doing videos today, but she's kind of private about it. She don't. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, well, like, she she got a talent because she okay. had some good. I mean, it was a good eye. It was yeah. a
1: really good eye. Yes, because she's on the other side of the camera, so she the one had to see what she was shooting. So you're absolutely right. Great, I was just really really proud of her. Gorgeous day.
0: location. Was that in Florida?
1: Yes, it was in Florida, South Florida. Uh, we went to different locations. We love um well, I I don't know if they do, but I love nature. My son was there too, helping with props and stuff, uh, behind the scenes. But um, I love nature, and so I really wanted, to, and that's actually where the song came from, because I okay. really, I've always really been just enthralled with nature, and sometimes I just feel like the world we live in, even in church, we get so um, fixed on being in a building. Mm-hmm. That we forget like we don't pay attention to the earth that God has created that is a reflection of who God is Yes. And so there have been many times that I we, we we'd be driving and I tell my children hey y'all cut your phones off just for the next five minutes and I just want you to look out the window while I'm driving and they'll just they'll just five minutes they'll look at the grass trees and they just and you know, I'm like I you know I as an artist I never want to be on anybody's stage performing and no one's paying attention. Right. We just feel like the earth is God's stage and oftentimes we're never paying attention. We're not paying attention. And um, so that song, Brilliant, was just to kind of connect everyone back to how amazing God is beyond your house, beyond your job, beyond your car, just to be in the earth. This is how amazing God is.
0: Yes. I just thought about something. How does that make you feel as an artist when you see everybody not in the moment and they're sitting there with their cell phone out just recording you the whole doggone time versus being in the moment? No. How does that feel?
1: That's a great question. Um, it's, you know what's funny, though? My answer is really, really funny. There is no feeling because I'm in the moment. I don't see them. Okay.
0: Good That's answer. funny.
1: Because I know mm. it's happening. Just just, because mm. you're saying it, I'm like, you know what? She's right. I'm sure that's happening because we are, we are in a technology era, but I'm so in the moment. I don't even see it. I don't even, I don't, but I'm sure people out there videos out and they're recording trying to cause of course, because I see it on YouTube later and I'm like, Oh, but yeah, I'm usually, I'm so in, I'm so in. Yeah. I'm so in that I, I don't see them.
0: How do you do that? I mean, how do you get in the moment like that? Because I'm asking you this for a personal, selfish reason. Uh Because when when they have asked me to sing at church, I have to close my eyes. Even though I see these people all the time, something about the pressure, everyone's looking at you now. And I'm like, even if I crack, these people ain't going to say nothing. They're just going to go, go ahead, baby.
1: Uh Which means that I knew I crack. (laughs) Oh, you're right, right, right. I actually just, I have no fear of the stage, like none, like none. It doesn't matter what stage I'm on, where I'm at, I have no fear. And I said that to say I used to have very terrible stage fright for years. And I am the testimony, if you will, of someone who had very, very bad stage fright. That no longer has stage fright. Like I, I just chuckle because I'm like, I used to be the worst with stage fright, the worst. And um, the person that kind of mentored, well, not, but not kind of, but actually mentored me, Shirley um, Smith, she just pushed me out there. Like I remember coming in one Wednesday night service, and our lead, our Tim, wasn't there, and I said, Shirley, Tim's not here. What are we gonna do? And she was like, You leading. I "I, I, I can't lead. (laughs) And I was like, looking at her like, she said, why are you standing there? Grab the mic. Let's go. I was like, oh my God, you're kidding me. She said, I'm not kidding. Grab the mic. Let's go. And she was hard on me, but she saw something in me to this day. I love that lady. And I grabbed that mic and I tell you, Lily, I was so scared. I shook the entire time, but the more I kept doing it, the less I shook. And I remember sitting in one of these services, a Sunday morning service, and it was a visiting pastor. And the church was packed. And that man was walking down the aisle preaching. And he stopped in the aisle I was in. I wasn't even on the end. I was in the aisle, but I was in the middle. And he stopped and he looked at me. And he pointed at me. And he said, stand up. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I stood up, and he was like, God said, um, you're, bold mm. you're bold as a lion. You're bold as a lion. You're bold as a lion. God is not giving you the spirit of fear. And I knew, I knew that was God speaking to me. And um, I had a friend just start working with me. We actually practiced on my a, a, a woman's patio. She started working with me to get over my fear. And we worked. I, I had a remote in my hand, pretending like there was an the audience. And she was like, "Keep your eyes open." I kept my eyes open, and I would just, I would go to church when I sang and practice what we learned, what I learned in the patio. And then one day, I can't even tell you when it just snapped. It just, it just fell off me. I was no longer afraid. Like, like overnight, I was no longer afraid. Wow. Lord, help me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now let's talk about, and she lives happily ever after my Great. journey to love after divorce. Right. Was it hard for you writing about yourself?
1: <laughs> no, no. Um, and that book is actually my second book. I have three books. The first book is a devotional for girls called the proverbial girl. Um, a book, um, 31 day devotional of wisdom, values, and being fabulous. That was the first book. And then, um, after my second divorce, second yeah, number two, uno, number dos, um, I had to have a real conversation with myself about my role in my life because my, my, my thing was, I remember sitting on the bed and I said, God, why? Like, why did this man um, abandon me? That was my word. It was abandoned. Why did this man abandon me? (laughs) And God said, "Um, you attracted who you are. You've been abandoned. Mm. I remember that. I remember that. Because I remember going, huh? How did I abandon you? (laughs) I remember thinking, how did I abandon me? I didn't abandon me. And I started thinking about when the signs were there not to marry him. And rushing into the marriage with him. And I, and I heard me talking and it's what this book, that book, it talks about, um, it's a book that shows women the importance of listening to your voice. God gave you that voice. And yes. the first thing was, you know, how you, you know, you weren't, you know, you talked to, you asked me about writing about myself. Um, because I'm so comfortable with me now, mm-hmm. now I wasn't before. But because I'm so comfortable with me, and it's it's really funny, I've learned over the years is that not just women but men, but as a people, and I teach my daughter this all the time, you can't expect people to be comfortable with you when you're not comfortable with yourself. We that's right. What we do is we tend to put the responsibility of us on other people. And that's what I had that's what I had done in my first marriage and my second marriage. I was making it these men responsibility to love me. But I didn't even know how to love me. I was making it their responsibility to take care of me, but I didn't know how to take care of me. And I was making all this money, but I wasn't caring for me. Any woman who cares for her would never allow a man to just come in and change her entire life. Like yeah. I, would never let me, I would never do that again. I would never let somebody just be able to come in and I just change who I am to fit in with your life so that everybody, so everybody happy with me. And that's mm-hmm. never gonna happen again. Um, but I, I was, my friends, my close friends had started seeing my transformation. Um, I had to, I had to literally leave church for a while and just be by myself with God because I was so wounded. I hated anybody who had anything to do with church. Like I hated it I because my ex-husband was a pastor mm-hmm. and I felt like the church was covering him. And just, just being transparent. It's been four years now. But at that time I felt like the church was covering him and I had seen it personally with other people that I had relationships with where the men in church were doing stuff and people were covered. They were covered the quote unquote man of God. Yeah. From the elders to the congregation making
0: excuses for them. Yeah.
1: Uh, And I know pastors wives who gone through what I've gone through and the churches turned on the pastor's wife to protect their pastor. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, so I ended up going through that where the people were protecting not the, not the person who was being wrong or the children that was involved. Um, so I had to, um, get away and allow God to heal me really, really heal me. And I started going through a healing process, but as I started healing and I would see some of my my friends, they were like, Oh my God, you are so different. What did you do? Like, how did you, how did you change? And And I started telling them and sharing. They were like, you need to put that in the book. You really need to put that in the book. That needs to be in the book. Like, you are so different. And that's how I ended up writing the book. And she lives happily ever after. Because people will always say, you seem so happy. I said, I am. I'm happy because I've learned how to be happy with me, with not having the need to have somebody in my space. Yeah, That's the best gift that you can give to anybody you fall in love with, falling in love with yourself first. I don't want to invite you to a party that I'm not enjoying. Come on now. I'm saying so yeah so that's how that book came about yeah that book it changed my life first
0: and I just had actually I was interviewed right before this interview and we just had that discussion about dating and I actually said that I said before you even date somebody get yourself together first like you just said, don't invite somebody else into your party, but your party's all jacked up. You got some sad music playing in the background. Don't nobody want
1: to come to that party. <laughs> right, exactly. And I always hear and, and I, I know I'm treading treading the waters here. Yeah, I'm treading the waters. The waters. <laughs> but I but I'm saying what I'm saying for a reason. Like I don't even really subscribe. Okay, hear my heart. I don't even really subscribe to when the women say I'm a wife in waiting. No. I'm single. Like I'm not a wife in waiting because you're not in the moment of being a single woman. If I'm right. a wife in waiting, I'm preparing for my husband. I know what they mean. I get it. I know what they mean. But no, you you should you should also remember to just enjoy being a single woman because if you're in preparation for something to come, you're not enjoying the moments that God is giving you. That's right. So I'm not. I'm not. So people will say I, got, I went to Sweat concert uh, February right before COVID hit. And my home girl was like, "You going to the keys of the Coast? I was like, "I sure am." Yes, I mean. <laughs> and she was like, "Who you going with?" I said, "Me." You going by yourself? I said, "Yes." Oh my god! And she like she just tripped out. I said, "I don't have to ask somebody permission. I don't have to consider nobody." I said, "All my life I've been married. Like as in a younger, as an adult, I've been married my whole adult life. Mm-hmm. I've never known how to. I didn't know what I like." I've I've had to do everything to consider in consideration of someone else. And that's good in timing, but i never learned how to consider me. Like I'm out to this concert and I don't have to ask somebody else where you want to sit. No, I get to choose where I want to sit. I don't have to ask anybody where you want to go to dinner afterwards. No, I get to choose where I want to go to dinner afterwards. Now I ended up being that a friend of mine and her, her boyfriend was there when I, and I, and I met up with them afterwards, but we went separately. And then during the break, we hugged each other and loved it. And I went back to my chair happily, singing (laughs) all the songs that I grew up with. But my thing was, I'm like, it is important for me to learn how to be with me. Yes. It's very important for me to make sure I can be home on my couch watching TV. And I don't need nobody like, oh, my God, I can't be alone. I can. Okay. (laughs) But I had to learn because I didn't know how. And what happens is when you like that. And which, which is what the book talks about, you become codependent, and when you're codependent, you are a target for a classic narcissist mm-hmm. or anybody who um just takes advantage. It doesn't even have to be a narcissist, but you can be in a relationship with somebody just takes advantage of you because you're. That's because you're codependent. You're just uh, needy. So that is said again. You're needy. <laughs> that is exactly what that means. It's, it's, and it's actually a, cl- a scientific clinical term yes. is needy. You don't yes. ever want to be needy because you give somebody else that power. And I really, and I wrote, wrote this book too, because I want women to go back, get your power and then say, okay, God, now, whenever you're ready, I'm ready for my mate. But when you are looking for a mate or uh, waiting for a mate to find you, and you're not enjoying the life that you have right now. You, you you inviting somebody, like if you said, you're going to invite somebody to a party with the sad music. And mm. it's going to be miserable. Because what happens when you get married and he's not paying you any attention because he's smart? Because it happens. It happens. Yes. Advice, and it's mine somewhere else. Girl, let me tell you something. I don't plan on getting married again. That's just not my thing. Just That's just where I'm at in life right now. Mm. But my thing is, though, if that ever was my story again, I don't need you to pay me any attention. Now, it's good when it happens. But if you have a moment, you need to go out with the guys, you need to go somewhere. I have gotten so good with paying attention to me. I might forget you in the room because that's what it means to be two whole people coming together. I don't need to be half glass full and he not paying me no attention. Okay. You're needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Before I got married and I was at the point you are right now, I had a ball going out to eat by myself, going to the movies by myself went to went to Florida by myself, got the best hotel, had the best time ever. If I wanted to stay in my room, fine. If I want to go to the pool, Fine. If I wanted to go, I went to Disney World by myself. Oh, I, I love you. Had a ball,
1: took pictures, posted it like, you know what? I'm yeah. having the time of my yes. life. And people think something's wrong with that. Like, God made us the create that's the beauty. Okay, that might be true in time. But I'm yes. with me and I'm like, I'm, people act like something wrong. Don't say you don't want to get married. I'm like, I don't. Like, I'm good. I've done it twice. I'm good. Like yeah. I've I've lived the dream. I've had my two children. I've built my house. The American dream. The the dream. I've done it. Now I'm right. around and I'm and I'm ready for that. Good. But right now I'm really enjoying. Being, I'm ready for COVID to be over so I can take my first vacation alone. Like I'm ready to go. Well, not my first. No, because it's been four years. Because I went to Marcus Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Also, I went on my dream trip by myself. Damn. You know, so it was like. but we get we get told what life's supposed to look like for us. As opposed to what I teach my girls, because I do coaching for kids. What I teach my students is build your own dream house. You are your dream house. What do you want your house to look like? What do you want your life to look like? Don't let it, don't let everybody have an opinion about the way your life, the way your house is supposed to look. Yes. You know so if their house is husband and kids, then that's their house. If your house is being single and traveling the world as a studying abroad, then that's your house. But don't let somebody else dream be your dreams. Have your own dream.
0: Yes. Now, you also wrote a children's book, yes, The Adventures of LJ the Great. I am so proud of myself. I like the
1: way you say that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell me how that got started. So I work with children. I've been working with children for for years. Even as a singer, um, I work with kids still. Um, I've even spoken at Full Gossip Baptist Con- Convention a couple of times. They brought me in as the as the um, keynote speaker for their for their youth. And um, so, I, even when I was trying to re- avoid working with kids because I didn't I didn't see the vision I, at first, I didn't realize it was a gift of my life. Um, I would just always be called to come and speak and sing for kids, and I just didn't get it. And then one day it hit me: Oh, I have a gift for kids. <laughs> and um, so I I went through a lot with my son, Josh. We went through a lot. He's He'll be 15 to me. Um, with my son, Josh, who um, went through a lot of emotional stuff with his dad and I divorced. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know how to process it. And the schools constantly tried to label him, constantly tried to label him. and But he was always an honor student. And that was always my defense. You're trying to label him, but he's an honest student. Something else was going on, and then we eventually find out he was being abused by a teacher. She was physically, you know, pinching him and dragging him across the room. Mm -mm. In frustration, yes. And it really started making me think how important it is to listen to kids, to pay attention to kids. Because as a child, I was molested, but because I was so young, I didn't know how to articulate, so I acted out in other ways. And a lot of times, we label kids, and we spank kids, and we punish kids without finding out why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. So when I first started, so when I started working with the organization that I'm working with now, um, they were asking me about this little boy, and they were like, um, "Have you met? You know, Travis. I'll say Travis. Have you met Travis yet?" And I was like, "No." And they're like, "Oh, he, honey, he's bad." And so I hadn't met him yet, and I was like, "Oh, I." In my mind, I'm thinking, "I don't meet bad kids. Like that's the right. child. I don't. I don't know a bad kid. So I, I know what they mean. But behind every child is an adult. How about that?" Mm-hmm. And so um, I, was in, I was in my um, office, um, well, I was in one in the classroom, actually, and they had several students come in that classroom with me because they weren't finished with their work, their homework. And um, he kept messing with somebody. So the kid said, stop, Travis. And I looked up because I was like, oh, that must be Travis. I said, you, you Travis? And he said, yes, ma'am. And I said, come in. I said, I heard a lot about you. What do you think I heard? And he said, I'm bad. Aww. Girl, I wanted to fight everybody. That- <laughs> to fight everybody oh, that- baby. He said, I'm bad. I said, you're not bad. And don't you ever let me hear you say it again. I said, don't you say that you're bad. You're not bad. I said, you are a king and a great leader. I said, what are you proud of? And he couldn't think of anything. And Aww. I stood there with him until he thought of, I think he thought of three things. And I said, and I just started teaching all the students that I worked with, because I was te- I was already teaching it to my son. to tell me every morning before he went to school, three things that he was proud of. Mm-hmm. The little boy in the front of the book, um, the book, um, I'm so proud of myself. That's actually Josh, my son, when he was younger, the missing. Okay. Two, yeah. <laughs> the story behind, it. he had his tooth knocked out as a kid, a little, little kid. We thought it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to come back, but it wasn't his permanent tooth uh, from playing football. But that little boy just, just reminded me of Josh when he was little. And I said, i got to write this book. So our young black boys and brown boys can be uh, supported in knowing who they are and teach them how to be have self-confidence and know that they can be proud of themselves and that's how that book actually came about because of my son and then me seeing my son and that little boy
0: mm-hmm. I'm glad you wrote that because thank you the way our black men are being treated right now
1: listen all day every day yes they gotta know who they are
0: yes you know, at a, at a young age
1: yeah, absolutely and it's so crazy because they are being treated so less than we, we totally get that, um, and at the same time, there are so many black men doing well. Now, of course, when we, of course systemic racism is still is still not allowing them to do as well as they could be doing. We know that to be true. Yes, um, but they're doing well. And my thing is, how often do we see great black men? Like because we're on LinkedIn, you and I have the honor to see that, but yeah. most of our kids are on Instagram and TikTok, and so they don't see the Ron Smiths. They don't know who Ron the, the Ron Smith is, the black male billionaire. They don't know who he is until he gives all those college students pay all their debt off. Right. Nobody knew. I'm like I knew who he was two or three years ago. I I forgot how I knew. I guess because I I I think I remember now. But I did, I'm like I knew who he was before he did all that stuff. But mm-hmm. how many of our boys know that? Know that there is a black billionaire. There's a black man that looks like them who is a billionaire instead of the right. about Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. You know, they that, oh they always just hear about um well Jay-Z now is a billionaire. But I'm like, no, a billionaire who's not a an athlete, not, or, you know,
0: or a rapper or anything yeah. like that. Right. And
1: this man is totally not any of those. You know what I'm saying? And so um it's just important for our children to see, black and brown children particularly, to see positive um images of them and not just images of us being killed. Because yes. that is happening and it needs to be addressed and it is being addressed. And at the same time, they also need to be seen. You can also be that. You don't just walk through life of being afraid of being a dead man. You could be a successful man. Yes. Dead black man, you could be a successful black man.
0: That'll end all this mess.
1: Yes, because we got to get our, we got to get us, people of color, got to get more into these corporations. We got to be seen. We got to be heard. We got to be in places of power. So we can make, we can be, we can cause change because even though LeBron James is a billion, a billion, a billion dollar man, now he's a billion dollar man. Somebody who, but somebody who own a team, the pe- the person that own a team in the black man. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not. At the end of the day, yeah, but he not, he don't own the team. And I always tell no. my son, my son plays ball. And I always tell myself, but don't forget, you can also own the team.
0: Right. And I don't think they think about that. All those players are getting paid. Who's paying them? Right. And if they're paying them, they are making so much yeah. money that that does not even bother them. Exactly. That don't even phase them. Exactly. Which brings me to you just started yesterday doing virtual success coaching for kids.
1: Yep, our first session started. What's today? Tuesday. Our first session started yesterday. We started yesterday. Yeah. So what
0: was your motivation for doing the virtual besides I know the COVID and everything, but, but you didn't
1: have to do that. Because I feel like I can reach more kids virtual because even the students that I work with here locally where I live, um, I've gone from, I've gone from managing 150 students for the organization I work for to 30. Really? Because of COVID. So parents have, withdrawing our kids out of these programs just to be safe, which I totally get. Um, you can't really connect with kids the way you used to. And I joined that organization to connect with kids. Like I I joined that organization to do what I do best, which is coach and support kids. And COVID just changed all of that. All of that changed. And I just was feeling like a And I'm like, you know, I don't want to just be doing this. This is not me a, I'm not changing anything with kids by being in the office reporting to the Florida department of education you No, know, reporting to them how many kids we got or the kids. I want to be where I'm continuing to support kids. Well, I did that in the classroom. I was in the classrooms with the kids and with the teachers, visiting the principals, finding out what we need to do to help this child visiting with the parent. Well, now the kids on the kids stopped being in school and I lost all the connection with my kids. But I started seeing when I, when I collect report cards at the end of the year to see how students were doing it was clear to me that at least in Florida kids were just being they got pushed for law because of COVID so mm-hmm. those weren't even real grades that I was looking at and then a lot of our students weren't even logging in they weren't even logging in to do the work they but they passed and they crazy and so my thing is kids need to be supported because a lot of times we look for kids to do well academically but sometimes it's hard for kids to do well academically when they're emotionally erect and a lot of kids we take for granted that Adults are stressed out and we like, I'm like, you don't think kids are stressed out? They're stressed. They're stressed out. That's the reason why a lot of times they're on games because they are um, trying to avoid dealing with reality. They're just trying to find something to distract them. Yes. So I just, I've just i sat with a lot of kids in my time working with kids and just realized somebody needs to listen to their why. Kids, why? I had a student that I used to work with. Um, he was arrested for six felony hour robbery. And When I met him, because I, I used to work with uh, high risk kids um, uh, for a while that were that we had records,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, and I know him. I was just like, I'm looking at his file. I said, "Not him. Like he always smiling, cool kid." So I rushed to my office. I said, "Okay, I, you got to talk to Miss Lisa. I you got to talk to me. because I, I this doesn't make sense to me. How <laughs> did this happen? Like, how did you how how do you have six felony robbery you faced in 25 years? You know, in life. Like, what 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 am I what?" and and it just reminded me that this is still a child we oftentimes we look at what a child does and we forget that they're still children, and mm-hmm. the children their brains are still developing they don't think like adults he said well uh, his brother and sister younger brother and sister had he was 15. they had just been taken by um, DS, um, the um uh, children family and services they just took him and he said I needed to keep my phone on because my number is the only number that they have and they need to be able to reach me and so me being an adult at first was like, well, why you just didn't get a job? And he was like, cause I didn't, I couldn't wait for the check. I need the money. Right. And it made, it made so much sense. It don't make it right, but I got what he was thinking. You know, the, the judge and the attorneys, the prosecutors are looking at, he robbed somebody. He's right. looking at my brother and sister going somewhere. They don't know where they at. I don't know where they at. They need to reach me. So if something's wrong, I can go get my brother and sister. So when I work with kids now, I hear, I hear the, those that are, the educators and even the workers, they're so quick. It's its easy to just judge the what, but I get, I love the fact that I get to go behind the scenes and pull them in my office and say, okay, what, what's going on? Why? Coaching for me allows the kids to have a voice. They, they, the one girl, one of my new students, um, at the end, I was, I was wondering how we were going to click because I met her mom first. And sometimes parents would sign her kids up and I'm not sure if the kids really wanted to do it or was it just the parents? And uh, so she was one of those kids. I had, I I met her at the session. I met her. And um, at the end, I asked her, you know, do you have any questions for You know, and she's like, uh, she's like, no, she said, you just make it so easy to talk. And now that was just so so rewarding because that's my job. I want you to feel like you can talk to somebody, you know, and then I can be able to tell mom she's okay because parents are nervous. They don't know what's going on because the child won't open up to them. And that, because i got two kids, of my own, my son has three mentors and I know all he doesn't always talk to me. i mom. It's like, mom. Okay. Don't, don't talk to me. Then go talk to your mentor. Go talk to Mr. Rashid. Go talk to Mr. Josh. Go talk to one go talk to your basketball coach, coach, coach Donna, go talk to them, but talk to somebody. Yes. Um, and so my, my, my passion is to, to support kids and being in their greatness because kids get lost. They get lost and they need somebody to help help them make better choices in life. And so that's what we do at Success Coaching. I teach kids how to make better choices because oftentimes kids get confused because their friend did something that worked for them. But I have to teach kids that what worked for your friend may not work for you. That's just like me and my daughter. I She can eat a loaf of bread. I can't. I have a gluten intolerance. I'm allergic to gluten. I'm allergic to wheat. If I eat the same bread, that's fine for her. You don't have to rush me to the hospital. We have to under- teach kids that what works for your friends may not work for you. Now, teach you how to make the best choice for you.
0: What two things would you like to do next?
1: Travel and sing more. Um, I tried to start singing again, but it was clear to me it's not time. Um, I just felt like Holy Spirit was telling me don't push it. You're trying mm-hmm. to. Make it. I feel like God has positioned me right now to be. There for for children, and um, there's gonna be a way I'm gonna be able to match those two together. But well, right now it's not the time. I, I know it. God spoke that to me. But when the my season changed, I want to get back into traveling. There are a lot of places I want to see, and I want to be able to um, just grace the stage with music and just conversation and just just marry the two together and just and just affect the world that way. But right now COVID is making that very difficult. So I'm just being patient.
0: Now, what advice did you give someone who wants to live their life and their purpose?
1: Get to know yourself. So if you can imagine how you would get to know another person, do yourself the same way. Have conversations with yourself. Check in with yourself often. I do it all the time. I ask myself. I walk, I'll be walking up the stairs and I'm like, how you doing? I know how you really doing. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. You sure? I'm like, "Yeah, y'all yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. I, I literally do that. I've been doing it for about two or three years now. And I just, I have such great conversations with myself that I know me. So that's important because when someone else tries to tell you who you are, they can't because you got to know who you are. Mm-hmm. So, like I went through a season where somebody, somebody really, really dear to me because they couldn't control me said that I was crazy because they couldn't control me. So they're trying, they were trying to get in my head. Like said it, it devastated me. And because I value their opinion of me and I had no opinion of me, I started saying, well, dang, am I crazy? Dang, I don't know. Maybe I am. And as I got to know me, I was like, no, you're not. As a matter of fact, with a friend of mine, really, really close friend of mine, he said to me, he's like, no, you're not crazy. I don't let you ever, ever let me hear you say it again. He's like, don't let their opinion of you cause you to take on their opinion. You need to get to know who you are. And I had to start doing that. So, mm-hmm. I, I, so my, my advice to people is get to know you. Because like I always tell my son, it's very every morning I tell you to say you're a great king and a great leader because it's important for you to tell you who you are before the world tells you who it wants you to be.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's so important. So when I yeah. see me and I see something crazy on television, I be like, I don't want that. Like i will said, I've tried to watch certain shows and because I know who I am, I'm like, I don't want to see that. And I'll change. You know, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know me. That way when I meet somebody, maybe a, a love interest, a potential love interest, I don't settle because I know what I like, I know what I don't like. And I nobody can't come in and say, well, You better just take that man, me and a scarce. No, I ain't. God lack in God. There's no lack. I don't wanna hear that. I'll wait. I think sometimes we settle because we 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 fear lack. We don't know who we are. We don't know we have the right to have what we want. Um, I just know who I am. And it just took me getting to know me. So that's very important. Know you first, because you can't expect other people to get to know you and to support you if you don't know you and you don't support yourself.
0: Yes. I'm with you, with you, right? When there's something on TV, I'm not feeling, especially the news and and all that. I'm like, I I can't. I'm like, I watch just enough to be informed and I'm gone because I I don't want that energy on me all day. Mm. I don't. I'm too happy.
1: I'm too happy. I don't need that. Right, yeah, I was, I was getting drenched. I, like, I'm, a, I'm an NPR ooh fanatic. I have not listened to NPR in about six months. I had to stop, yeah. and I was just now. I could, I do it on the weekends now because I love the stories, the little, I love little documentary stories and people around the world and stuff. But I would hear the news all day about what the what the new administration is doing and how the Democrats and the, the Republicans are fighting again, and and I just was like, and it just felt a spirit of fight over me. And I just had to stop. I said, "No, what am I feeding my spirit?" And I had to stop. I had to shut yeah. that stuff down. So I'm like you. I get I, I tap in a little bit on YouTube to see, oh, okay, that's what's going on. Uh, okay, I'm good. And I just <laughs> have to of my life. I'm like I don't have time.
0: Nope, not at all. Then I will find something more entertaining to watch or listen to. I'm right. like, I, I I cannot do it.
1: So how can people contact you? Um, go to my new website. Um, Lisa McClendon Success Coaching. Um, and my information to be reached there. Um, you can also email me at Lisa McClendon music, which is simple, but yeah, definitely check out the website, Lisa McClendon success coaching, and you can send me a message through there as well.
0: But you didn't lie. Your tone is so relaxing Ah. because I was listening to your music when I was trying to, you know, get all my questions together. Ah. Girl, I couldn't focus. I said, let me cut her off. I can't even get nothing together. I'm sitting there just all in a moment. My husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm supposed to be concentrating, but... you, not with you. Thank you. Thank I was you. like, you I just zoned out. I said, that's just you foolishness.
1: Thank you for <laughs> that. Thank you. That's such a good
0: that's You a good are thing. so welcome. All right. So I got one last question for you. Are you ready? Absolutely. Okay, before I ask you the question, I must say this: you cannot use anything from your catalog. Okay. All right. If you can have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? I
1: never knew love like this before. Come on now. You know why? You know why? And that's why what I would think of that when. It's kind of weird to say it. When I married husband number two, like sounds weird. I would always hear that song in my head, and I was like, "Man, this is the love of my life." And da 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 da, and I've never been in love, and no no nothing against him, but I never had that love for me. Like I was giving my all to this new relationship, and then when life hit and I was single again. I was down for a bit, and then I, the more I started learning how to love me, that song came back. That mm-hmm. note, the real love that I never know like this before besides the love that I have with God is to love myself, to love the creation that God has made me. And so now when I hear that song, I think about myself. That's I never song knew. I never knew. Like, I didn't know I was such a dope individual. Like, I was like, <laughs> you are it like you I'd be like, oh you did that. And like if I messed up or something, I'd be like, uh, 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 who are you talking to like that? You don't get to, you don't get to talk to her like that. Like I do have those conversations. Like I don't give myself permission to down myself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't give myself permission to beat myself up. I be like, no, no, you don't, we don't do that. You know, so I defend me like I would defend anybody else because I've learned loving me is so important and it's the key to me loving everybody else in the world. I have to know how to
0: be with you. First. You know what? I'm going to take that. I really am. And you just spoke to my own spirit. Because oh. there are days where I would look in the mirror. I'd be like, COVID made me sick. I didn't pick up here and there and everywhere. That ain't supposed to be there. And I would start beating myself up about it. And I'm not going to do that no more. I, I've been working on it anyway. But mm-hmm. you're right. If I'm so quick to fight for somebody else, why can't I fight for myself?
1: Listen. And what you're going to do is look and say, yeah, I don't pick up a little, I'm a little thin camera, I don't pick up a little something, something, but everybody don't pick up a little something, something. And then what's inside ain't changed.
0: That's right.
1: Because I looked in the mirror today, I, I just saw you, I looked in the mirror today, I had no makeup on, I was looking around, I said, like, oh girl, I said, if, you, if you was married, you couldn't walk around the house like this. And I said, you <laughs> I, just laughing in the I was like, but you ain't, and you can walk around here you know, anywhere you want to look, you to look, look like. Yeah, I was just like, because, and I stopped and said, you know why that's important to hear, Lisa? Because who you really are has nothing to do with makeup. That's right. You are still the same fun-loving, funny girl that's going to walk on these stairs making a joke, looking at TV, right. you, laughing at stuff. You are the same woman. And when you want to get cute, you know how to get cute. How Come about- on now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful question. Yeah, I never... <laughs>
0: yeah. Don't start singing then I've been lost somewhere and forgot you was on here.
1: Oh, she don't left again. <laughs> That's great.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, I really lady. appreciate it. And enjoy your evening. you too. Thank you. All right. Have okay, a great day. Get bye. it. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thank you, Lisa, for this awesome opportunity to talk to you. It was just like having a girl talk with your, with your girl next door. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to a girl like me. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. And yo, you still haven't subscribed. What are you waiting on? There are so many great stories and so many good people that are coming your way. You don't want to miss a thing. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.